0: Good morning. So this morning I'm going to continue the instructions and bring in our last element, which is wind or air element. And as I was reflecting on, on the way that we've been um, presenting the elements to you over this week, uh, doing each one individually instead of them all together so you get time to really experience and get to know intimately how these each one of these elements shows up for you. There's a bit of an echo, isn't there? What, um, what I'm finding really interesting in doing it in this way is just how much crossover there is with these elements. You know, we're um, spending time uh, uh, just on this very singular focus, for example, of fire element. And Bonnie pointed out, I think it was um, during her instruction yesterday morning, how digestion being part of the fire element, it also includes all the other elements And so we we see that even with this air element, that there's this crossover. Air element is represented by movement and motion. And we also experience movement as water element, as this flow of experience. We were feeling the flow of um, just even uh, different energies in our body with water element uh, feeling the flow of uh, perhaps like that, that rocking that sometimes happens as we breathe, just that rhythm of breath inside the body can be felt as water element, but it can also be felt as air element. So there's all of this overlapping, which to me is more um, attuned to how nature is. Nature is just is always overlapping. We can't completely separate anything out. At some point, we see that they're connected. Our mind, our body, our hearts. We can look at each one individually, but really it's all connected. It's all overlapping. And so as you um, go into this particular element, you might notice some familiar uh, references from past elements. But what we're asking you to do is to uh, approach those experiences from this new perspective of air element. So we'll see how that goes. And of course, that beautiful, incredible talk that Bonnie gave last night, uh, bringing in this theme of impermanence, we can take a look at that too and see it very well with air, element, this coming and going of experience, the coming and going of breath, coming and going of motion. So let's do that together. Go ahead and find the posture that is going to support you this morning. And let's start with that earth element to help us ground into the body, feeling those places of contact where our body meets our chair or cushion or floor, feeling the density and the heaviness of the body here. Let your attention move down into the body, meeting these sensations of earth element can feel the whole body sitting here in its density as earth element. This gives us a lot of contrast compared to the earth or the air element that we're about to bring in Sometimes air element can bring in this feeling of being very expansive. And so if that's true and you'd like to come back to something more earthy and grounded, you can do that. Come back into the solidity of the body. It's right here for you if you need it. And then turning our attention to air element, first bringing to mind our experience of air and wind out in nature. We can feel it all around us when there's some kind of breeze or wind. Doesn't have the density of water or earth. It reminds us of space and the importance of space. We can bring that reflection into our bodies as we experience earth element within our bodies. That at a cellular level, at a molecular level, there's actually a lot of space. I think I remember reading uh, a long time ago something like at an at a atomic level, there's like fo- relatively football fields of space within us and with all living things. This solid sense of who we are that we receive through earth element, air element gives us a very different perspective. So as you're scanning through the body, first in the head, in the face, a skull and have this sense of air element in this way. You can also experience air element as movement and motion, which is the primary um, direction or teaching of air element. So feeling the air and that movement of breath, first at the face as the air enters the nostrils or the mouth Can feel that motion as well as recognize the air itself being part of our body. any tingling or twitching, any kind of motion, those subtle movements that your body makes, even when you're trying to sit still, there's all these little micro movements. This is all air element. Our cells are constantly moving vibrating, can feel our aliveness in this way through air element, moving the attention down to the neck and the shoulders. Perhaps feeling that movement of air as it goes down our windpipe and then is expelled. Perhaps as we move down further, feeling just at the base of the neck, just at the top of the chest, that slight motion as you breathe, as your body is expanding to receive that breath, and then relaxing again to release it. So much movement, even in stillness. Can move down the arms to the elbows, down to the wrists. into the hands and fingers have the sense of constant changing constant motion on such a subtle level sometimes it's not subtle just as the air that is outside of the body on very still days it's still there but It's very subtle, our experience of it, as opposed to when a storm whips up and the wind is strong and it's clear that there's a lot of air moving, lots of motion. We can experience that similarly within ourselves here at the hands and the arms. Maybe it's the subtlety of vibration, Recognition of all that space within us. Maybe you're feeling twitchy and you feel quite a bit of motion. It's getting windy inside the body. So just noticing what's true for you. Going further now into the torso, upper torso, the lungs. We can feel air element in so many ways here. All of those movements that let us know we're breathing We don't actually feel the air here as as far as the the actual physical air in our body. But we feel all of the movements of breathing that let us know that we're taking an in-breath or an out-breath. feeling the body expand and then relax. This can be particularly helpful if there's been a lot of contraction. You know, that experience of dukkha inside the body. We find that the physical body doesn't expand so easily. And here, as we bring attention to movement, allowing for the body to move, allowing for it to breathe fully, Letting the rib cage spread open and fully receive that breath, release some of that contraction.
1: And then relax.
0: Air element. There can be reflection here also of our connection with the air outside the body and inside the body. This is that exchange of oxygen. So we're bringing the outside in and the inside out over and over and over again. Air element outside the body, inside the body, it's all the same. Going further into the lower torso, down into our stomach and intestines, the organs here, bringing particular attention to digestion again. As the different elements are at work, fire, water, earth, processing what we've eaten for breakfast. Part of what's produced is air element, all the gases within the body, We can feel the movement of our breath here too if we're breathing fully. Our lower torso, all the way around, not just in the front, it moves, it expands so that we can bring in as much breath as possible, that full breath. feeling that movement. Notice the impermanent nature of all of this. What we are from moment to moment, or one way to track it is breath to breath, is constantly changing. We are not the same person. Moving the attention down further. Down into the pelvis. Down where your body is making that contact. You can feel the solidity here. You can feel all of these elements here earth, fire, water. And air reminds us of this perspective we can take of movement, motion, flux, and space. That even the physical earth... isn't as solid as it appears. Moving down into the legs, the thighs, all the way down to the knees. Noticing how does air element show up here? Are there slight vibrations, some movement? Sometimes as we are breathing fully, if we're sitting in a particular way, we'll notice the muscles just slightly adjusting to keep our balance to support the posture. So there'll be these slight movements of muscle, that movement is air element, motion, easily unnoticed, but present all the same, moving down into the lower leg, all the way down to the ankles. And same here, all the little sensations. Maybe there's tingling, maybe your feet are falling asleep. I have one of my feet is falling asleep right now and I can feel all the tingling sensations happening at my feet and my lower leg. It's just air element. I don't have to be afraid of it or anxious. It's just movement. It's change. The water element of blood is just not flowing completely. So feeling whatever motion, movement, space, it's available here. feeling the whole body, knowing your whole body as just air element, what is that like? breath, the movement, space, that aliveness, air element being known. Let it reveal its nature of an impermanence. See how it's constantly changing. Coming and going. the mind is busy, maybe that air element feels representative of your mind right now, windy, all over the place. See if you can direct your attention to all of the different motion, that wind into the body. Give your mind something to do it's so fascinating, so interesting following all these micro movements, noticing all that vibration, all that sensation. Give that windy mind something to pay attention to, wind element in the body. Scan through the body. If that method helps you direct your attention a little bit more, starting to feel too spacey noticing also the difference between the movement of air element in the body and that part of you that's knowing the air element, your mindfulness, this neutral observer, So we have some time now for questions. And Bonnie also um, can take questions if you have anything for her related to the talk last night or any of the instructions that she's been giving. can mic up.
2: Thank you Syra. and Syra's
0: volunteering to bring uh the mic around while we start with you right right here in front of you Syra. good
1: morning good morning um well first thank you all just for um your offerings mm-hmm. and generosity of spirit it's been incredibly enriching <laughs> so thank you Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple uh, questions. One is kind of like a clarification question. And then I have a practice question. Great. Um, so the first is just, I really appreciated the uh, teaching yesterday on um, impermanence and also uh, conceit mm-hmm. um, and particularly around like conceit and self-loathing and uh, yeah, just kind I of like naming even just like uh with the Buddha under the Bodhi tree, you know, self-loathing and, you know, doubt was what was arising in that moment. And I wonder if, uh, I I wanted to just kind of ask about um, how you're kind of defining conceit in that way. Is it kind of like uh, self-importance, self-absorption? I was just wondering about that in terms of like the different ways or forms that conceit can arise. Um, So that's one question. Great. Um, And then my other question was just um, in terms of the practice, again, I really appreciate um, the teaching on impermanence. And I think particularly over the past couple years, impermanence has just been something that I've been personally really working with um, and also just experiencing uh, some profound loss, you know, attached to or connected, right, to impermanence. And Um, And I think something I've been noticing, particularly on this retreat, is just the way that grief is really living in my body. Mm. Um, And Mm -hmm. so being with impermanence and I think sometimes experiencing some joy around the way that things change, right? And then I think lately what I've been experiencing is some really profound grief that shows up as sadness or restlessness or just aching sometimes. And so I was just wondering about if there's any suggestions for Working with grief, you know, um, the loss that sometimes is associated with the reality of impermanence. So,
0: mm, great questions. Do you do you want to start since like it's you start your talk? Then you can
2: take over. Sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I really like what the Buddha teaches about conceit too. Uh, it's called mana m a n a in Pali, and he talks a lot about conceit. And as you so brilliantly realized, it's true. I mean, and conceit is the last of the 10 fetters to go right before you get fully enlightened. You know, there's 10 fetters and you lose three of them in the first level of enlightenment, another two at the second level. Um, I think three at the third and then the last one. Is mana conceit, yeah. And it's essentially just being self-absorbed, whether it's in thinking that you're, you know, as I said, your pronouns. (laughs) You know, she, her, badass. Or, and the opposite of that, we can be self-absorbed and self-loathing as well. You know, it's just thinking of ourselves in relation to everybody else. But you know, it's really interesting because the Buddha says that mana or conceit is uh, better than, worse than, and same as. So same as is even a a, um, manifestation of conceit. So I think it must be really associated with I thinking and my thinking. And um, actually there's a wonderful prescription that he gives about when that comes up, you can just say the phrases... Not I, not mine, not self. And that kind of just feeds the intuitive awareness to have that insight of non-self. And there's a fair amount written on mana or conceit. So, you know, it sounds like you like that kind of stuff. And Pia Tan, again, I I put um, two of his documents on the board going up to the room. And, you know, just put conceit, mana, Piatan, space PDF, and you'll go to like six things. Incredibly wonderful um, compilations of the suttas, because I can't just read the suttas by themselves, but he does a great job of doing that. He lives in Singapore. He used to be a monk, but he left and got married and he's got little kids, but his um, compilation of the suttas with the, you know, the way the, he annotates it is just so easy to read. Yeah, so I would recommend that. And then impermanence, yeah. And impermanence is, like you just so brilliantly said, sometimes it brings gladness and sometimes it brings grief. And I think, you know, that is, uh, to be honest, I feel like that's our thinking mind trying to figure it out. And what we, you know, what I've tried to do is just uh, take in the data. And, you know, our thinking mind says, it's like this or like that. I love you thinking mine, but not now. Uh, because we have an insight about impermanence that's incredibly freeing of us. And so we can't try to figure it out. We can just collect the data and let wisdom compile and then give us an insight about it. And then we can hold it in the way that is the least amount of suffering, you know? Does that make sense?
0: And let's see. I might just say a little bit about the holding of grief, and um, it's not it's not um, in contrast to what Bonnie is saying, um, but there can be there can be times where also going into that grief and acknowledging it, and and not being afraid to be with loss is a part of this practice that, that this, it is part of the truth of impermanence, that everything we love and hold dear is also impermanent. And then there can be the grief and the loss that might even go um, through time. It might be ancestral. And how do we hold that? And I, I, I don't know that I have all the answers to that, but I do know that um, there are ways that we can turn towards the grief and the sadness and acknowledge it and know it. I think sometimes that's what it's needing most is just acknowledgement that this is here, this is part of the human experience and it hurts, you know, and it hurts. And then from there, there can be the beginning of healing around that. There can be um, the beginning of even acceptance on some level that is actually quite deep and profound and in, within this truth of impermanence and what that really means at its depth, which is what Bonnie is, is beautifully pointing to. So I don't know if that's helpful, but, um, yeah, it's okay to feel that loss
2: and that grief. That was helpful for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, um, yeah, sobbing meditation and stomping meditation. You know, we have trauma trapped in our bodies and thank you. It is absolutely intergenerational, (laughs) you know, don't you see my (laughs) t-shirt? (laughs) <laughs> and it's you know it's intergenerational, definitely, for historically marginalized populations, but you know, I'm working with some incredible uh scientists right now who say exactly what the Buddha said. It's intergenerational for everybody born. you know, you can't be born and not have trauma. That's essentially the first noble truth, really, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, hello. Um, those are such great questions. Um, so, this is a little bit simpler and sort of more practical. And it has to do with managing sleep and sitting practice, especially out in the real world. Because, you know, I wake up at, say, four in the morning and do practice, but sometimes I don't know that I'm waking up because it's you know postmenopausal or because i'm just filled with anxiety and worry or i mean you know and i'm sitting and doing practice but then you find yourself you know how, how do you balance how much sleep you actually it's like balancing sleep and practice in the real world <laughs> so okay
2: <laughs> I have sleep issues too, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, I mean, I think that uh, Thomas Merton, one of my favorite holy people, uh, you know, I'm sure you know, he was a Catholic monk but was a Buddhist practitioner, and he actually talked about the um, the busyness of life, and I think as Westerners, people who are live within this Western tradition, we're taught that. Busyness determines our uh, value, right? The more busier we are, the more people want us, or more, the more things we have to do, the higher value we are, or whatever. And I think we definitely need to decolonize that. Yeah. the more I find that I need less sleep. Oh. Yeah, that's then, right.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: There's yeah, with more practice there can be more concentration and the more concentration we have it it is it gives us energy. Concentration gives us energy and we need less sleep. But then there can be when we're out in the world, you know, on retreat there's a way to balance that and maintain that. But we're when we're out in the world, you know, what that looks like is like Bonnie was just saying the, the impact is is constantly changing, and so we have to be willing to be current with our needs, not this identification of, but I'm someone who wakes up at 4 a.m. and I sit every day because that's who I am. You know, instead it's, what do I need to do today? I'm really exhausted. I need to rest. That's I mean, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Your postmonopausal. So yeah, so there's the hormones, those part of the body changing. It's this is just part of being human. And I think what's really important with your question is more about your relationship with what's going on. You know, maybe there's a story in there that's saying should or shouldn't. You know, I should I should be sleeping right now. I shouldn't be sleeping right now. Yeah, that might be actually the real question: is what is the story I'm believing right now that is getting me into this contraction and feeling confused about what you know? What do I need to do? Because actually, if you if you can detangle that, the need from the should, the answer will be clear. It won't be confusing. okay well we're at time we have our our interviews so if you haven't been seen yet um, you will be uh, you'll be in one of the groups today um, let's see announcements this afternoon really important that you come to uh, the four what is it 4:45 sit the managers have important announcements about going home and we're going to start talking about that process, and um, and Bonnie's going to take you through some some, I won't say too much, but some exercises around um, going home. And so we're we're kind of moving into that direction this afternoon. This is not the afternoon. This is the morning. This is right now. Yeah. So you're it's just natural you're gonna start being pulled in this direction out of the retreat mm, catch it watch, that. watch it bring your attention back this is such precious time this is so precious don't waste it trying to figure out your route home or who you're going to call or what you're going to tell them about your experience and <laughs> that will come later that's it's okay it'll come later right here. Okay.
2: Have a good morning.